And currently in the Lynchburg area, we are in the 40s this morning, 46 in Lynchburg, 47 in Bedford, 48 at Roanoke and Salem, 49 in Danville, 46 at Appomattox, and 47 in Amherst. We're going to be talking about Amherst, Yeah, actually. we are. 706 here on the Morning Jam. We have Dawn Poole with us. She is running for the Amherst County School Board District 3. And that's going to be the Elon District, right? Correct. Elon, Monroe, Pleasant View. Okay. All right. So uh, tell us what made you decide to run. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for having me this morning. Um, I became involved with school board meetings uh, during the pandemic. Um, I had a daughter who went to Elon Elementary uh, and experienced learning loss like many students during that time. Oh, and yeah. so just found my voice because of that, um, you know, began speaking up at school board meetings, wanting to be helpful and just try to give perspective of how students and parents were feeling and, you know, what could we do better. Um, and it, I just realized that my experience through work, I do human resource management and I do a lot of policy building and um, collaboration, budget efficiencies and things like that through the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just realized that there was a lot of transferable skills and I've always been looking for a way to give back to my community and to have a positive impact uh, in Amherst. And so this just feels like a really good fit for me. So tell us a little bit um, about your kids. Now you've got you've got one child who is in kindergarten. Is that right? Yes, yes. Carter, okay. whose birthday is tomorrow, he'll be oh. six. Okay, uh, and Happy he is birthday. in kindergarten yeah. at Elon. Yep, yep. Um, and he is, uh, you know, he has had a great learning experience so far. He's been through two years of pre K, so he's doing great. Uh, and unfortunately not impacted by exactly yes yes he missed he he his education started as we were coming out of the pandemic so fortunately he was not too impacted by it but my daughter natalie um who will who's in seventh grade now she completely missed third grade basically right in the midst right yeah yeah and so you know third grade not a good grade Not at all. Because that's when you start the multiplication tables. And the writing. And and the the writing. writing, And you start getting really deep into how to write Mm -hmm. and, and how to, you know, communicate yes really absolutely so third grade yeah that's rough yeah and so she was able to go back Amherst did was able to get back into school pretty quick so she did spend some time in fourth grade and fifth grade but there were still a lot of you know we had the mass mandates we were dealing with there was some days remote some days not schools were shutting down when you know there were you know specific spreading of COVID during um, the school year Um, and so it was just a lot of back and forth and things like that Um, and so, uh, you know, I've chosen to I've, I've put her in um, Liberty Online University this year, and we're just doing some one-on-one work to get her caught up with her writing skills and things like that. Mm. It's been a great experience to um, be able to also be her educator um, during this time and looking forward to getting her back into the high school um, and back into public school in a couple of years. Right. So um, you've given us some literature uh, about, you know, your values and the message that you want to get out to people. One of the things that you put as far as accountability, equal opportunities, not equal outcomes. Let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I I believe in hard work and and good choices um, is what's going to lead you to be successful. Uh, And so I'm not, you know, I don't buy into the CRT policies and, and, you know, um, agendas of of, um, you know, everyone should be on a fair playing field and everyone like I don't think people should be held back because someone else is not where they're at. 
mm-hmm. believe that everyone right. has the same opportunities. Everyone's going to find their passion and what sure. they're good at, um, and that schools should be able to help the, help students identify that um, and really you know push them forward to be the best that they could be in whatever area it is that they're naturally talented at. You also say that you think that uh, the Amherst County Schools need to adopt policies that focus on the basics. Absolutely. The basics of reading, writing, and math. Um, And I think one of the biggest things for um, school boards today is there is just a lot of social controversy in the world today. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not the same world that I grew up in in school. And there's there's a lot of things that have to be dealt with. And I believe the boards are the ones that need to deal with those so that the administration, uh, the teachers and staff can really focus on educating our kids and not have to worry about, you know, we need to give them clear, transparent policies on how we want our schools run when it comes to social social controversial issues let's talk about some of the you know i I just can't imagine being a teacher right now Mm -hmm. uh as far as being frustrated with the disciplinary issues that we Mm -hmm. that we have or lack thereof yeah i mean the kids are coming from broken homes Mm -hmm. this may be their only structure really for the day so uh, let's let's address that what what are your thoughts there yeah, I think as much as possible, we need to have the parents involved early in mm-hmm. the discipline issues, right? Um, so, uh, you know, I applaud Amherst for um, their outlook and what Dr. Wells is doing and making sure that he tries to get some more teacher support um, for teachers. I think that they are pulled away from the reason that they, you know, decided to become a teacher, right. which is to teach and impact right. students in a positive way because they're having to deal so much with um, the discipline issues. So I'd like to see um, staff and parents be more involved in those discipline issues, getting them taken care of early on, having a lot of no tolerance policies and really enforcing those in mm. the schools. I, uh, I, of course, I live in that district. Yes. And um, one of the, the things that, that I would hear when I went to the Dollar General, this was like, like things they were talking about. This is a water cooler talk. It is, it, well, you know, if you want to know what's going on, you go to the Dollar Absolutely. General in England. I'm just saying. I can't believe we haven't run into each other. I know. Exactly. Um, but they were talking about how many teachers that we have lost hmm. in Amherst mm-hmm. County yeah. Schools, particularly in Elon. Yes. Are you aware of that? Yes, I am. Yeah, I am. And and the biggest two reasons for teacher loss and retention, um, which again is something that I do a lot of with my human resources background is retention. Those two biggest reasons are pay and teacher support for discipline. Yeah. And so those are two big things that we need to be looking at. Um, I think that, you know, there are ways that we can get more money into the teachers of pocket or into the pockets of teachers. Mm. Right. Um, and and I think that, you know, that is an, as, as as important as um, backing them up in the classroom when it comes to discipline. And right. that takes a community. Um, you know, it takes the parents being involved as well and being accountable for their students' actions. So uh, have you thought about, you know, what it would be the best way to engage parents? Because, I mean, let's face mm-hmm. it, if you can only do so much mm-hmm. in school, yeah. if, if you don't have the parents' engagement, if you don't, you know, have have you thought at all about what can be done yeah. to engage this parents? Well, I think that Dr. Wells is on the right path to that, right? Um, community engagement comes um, really with showing that you care about your community um, and inviting them to opportunities to engage with you, right? And so just last week, Elon had three different events that I attended, um, you know, that were kind of show up Amherst. One was a field trip, one was um, an award ceremony, mm-hmm. and then they had their spooktacular on Thursday night or something like that. So um, I think- they actually 
allow them to have a party. How yes, about that? Absolutely. Crazy. Yeah, they're doing good things. So, and I think that's something you grow and build on, right? It's not something you're going to change overnight. Right. Um, but what I've learned in my in my professional background is the more you ask for feedback and the more you act on that feedback, the more feedback you'll get and the more mm. engagement you'll receive. Yeah. Well, we've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. Um, how can people find out more about you, particularly uh, if they're in District 3? That's Elon, Monroe, Pleasant View area of Amherst. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook at um, Dawn Pool for ACSB, Elon, Monroe, Pleasant View. Uh, you can also look at my website, which is Dawn Pool for Amherst all right. And that's pool without an E. Pool without an E. That's yes. like everybody like in the pool. Like a swimming pool. <laughs> All you kids in the pool. That's It's that kind of thing. All right. Uh, we'll be back. Got to go to break. Uh, thank you, Dawn, for thank joining you. us. Thanks for having me. We're going to be talking with uh, some of the other uh, folks running for school board a little bit later on this week. I know we've got uh, Angel Wilder uh, coming up and David Childress going to be joining us as well. And uh, Ginger Berg. Okay. It is 7.15 here on the Morning Jam. It's our Halloween edition of the show. If you feel led to bring me a Reese cup, I will not deny you. <laughs> no, uh, you always get Reese cups. <laughs> I need a Twix. Bring Janet a Twix. There you go. Make sure it's a two-pack and she can share it with me. That's what you're supposed to do. You're That's, supposed to if share. they brought me in a dual Reese, I, I would give you one. If I share my chicken fingers with you, I'd share a Twix well, this with is true. you. Thank you, saying. those chicken fingers. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. The Morning Jam with Janet and Mark. That's a little Ghost and Goblins uh, tonight, you know. I just got a picture from oh. Teresa. It says, Happy Halloween from Charcoal. Oh, the black cat? Oh. He's gorgeous. Yeah. He is so gorgeous. Yeah. I love him. I, if, if Keep I could him in have, the house tonight. If I, could, I know. If I could have a cat, if, mm-hmm. if my, my husband wasn't so anti-cat, right. I would have a black cat with green eyes. I think they're so gorgeous. I've, I've had, He's beautiful. Yeah, I, I shared last week about Tubbs. Looks like Tubbs. Look, he's got little, 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 little white, little white, little white, right, white right, there. right there. On that on that left toe. Mine, mine had, I think, a tiny bit of white under the neck, you know, or on the neck. We went to the uh, Edgar Allan Poe Museum mm-hmm. in Richmond. I took Bailey there. She's always loved Poe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we took her to Boston because he also lived in Boston. And at the Poe Museum, which is wonderful, they have, they have this lovely uh, courtyard mm-hmm. there, kind of in the, in the middle of the museum house thing. And in the courtyard, there are black cats with green eyes everywhere. Oh, wow. They're everywhere. How about that? <laughs> and uh, and they're, they're very friendly okay. and very beautiful right. and, uh, and, and very neat, uh-huh. you know, very, very neat. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Teresa says he's a barn cat. He loves uh, he loves and sleeps with the cows, and he's so sweet. Mm. Oh, I need to come see him. So I need to go see Teresa's cat, and I I need I still need to get out to see Leia's mules. Mm-hmm. They they really want me to be their friend. The mules. They do. don't know it yet. Don't, oh, okay. <laughs> but, but they do. 
They they do. They want me to be his friend. Plus, as you're going to get to a Democrat, huh? Yeah, well, well <laughs> the mules, yes, absolutely. I don't know. They're I'm stubborn. kidding, people. I'm kidding. They're I stubborn, love Democrats. So they could. I have Democrats all around me. Well, I have to love them. Hmm. I don't have to like them, but I have okay. to love them. Okay. All right. I got you. I got you. Um, so what's the worst national anthem you've ever heard? Um, maybe Roseanne. Well, I mean, it wasn't. It was what she did afterwards, see, how she grabbed her crotch and I, spit and all I that. I still stuff. say the the but see, I didn't expect any better out of Roseanne, especially then. Right. The worst one for me was Christina Aguilera. Oh, where she missed she she missed she the lyrics. She just butchered or the whole thing. Right, right, the whole right. thing was just a hot mess. Right. And probably that was because of the expectation. Right. That I had, but for me, that was one of the worst. Right, I'm going to give you a little expectation here. All right. All well. Right. Oh yeah. What so proudly we had at the twilight's last. Now that's nineteen. What was it? Eighty three. Eighty one. I think. Eighty one. Eighty two. Okay. Uh, that's Marvin Gaye. That's Marvin Gaye at yeah. the All Star Game. Yeah. A, a very smooth rendition. Well, and he looked really good there. Oh the, my the, word. The, the, he was Just a handsome fellow. Criminally handsome, <laughs> as my as my grandma would say. Oh, that is a criminally handsome man. Wow. Yeah, just saying. Uh, well, uh, rapper Flava Flav is definitely not Marvin Gaye. Okay, <laughs> so uh, he set the Twitterverse afire. Right after with mixed reactions from NBA fans after he sang the national anthem ahead of Sunday night's game between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. Right. Uh, he he is a six-time Grammy Award-nominated artist, which kind of blows my mind. I know. But the crowd was very supportive of him, yes. often cheering they as were... he attempted to hit the most challenging tone shifts and higher octave moments. Uh, here's a little bit of, of his version of the National Anthem. Yeah, That's some vibrato there going on. I think he was trying to do the Marvin Gaye thing. It just yeah. didn't quite. Look, he he wasn't. It wasn't the worst I've ever heard. No, no. I'm it, just saying. No, it, it's it's not. On it was... social media, the viral video of his performance led to both praise and mockery. The uh, Bucks aren't serious about winning tonight. <laughs> 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 wow. Said one. Uh, one account said the video of Flav singing was the best two minutes and 20 seconds of their life. He killed that, yes, with a real knife, I'm afraid. Um, another one said at least he knew the words. True. He did. He didn't miss a word. Here. Big ending here. Oh, wow. Listen to the crowd. Okay. He but got not through. Done, it. But not done yet. Yeah. He's still going. Yeah. 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 Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You should have stopped at the end. When I'm trying <laughs> when I'm trying to watch it, I feel like Les Nessman on the Thanksgiving episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Happy <laughs> Thanks. It just seemed like it went on. It felt right. longer than two and a, two minutes, twenty seconds to me. <laughs> Another person tweeted, There's no way this is real. I want to know what his peers thought. The fellow rappers. 
50 cent he 50 cent weighed in right and uh he wrote on instagram eyes emoji wtf facepalm i think this means we're going to war <laughs> this is a sign F it, uh, get the strap wow we're yeah. going to war based on that no. i don't know <laughs> that's good well this was this was flaves um comment yeah he said the anthem was a long time bucket list right everybody has their own rendition i had mine and i had fun i can't live my life worried about what people might say about me i won't let that stop me from trying new things and doing things i want to do some people might not like that but a sure failure is if you stop trying you know what yeah i love that yeah i i I like that too so bless your heart and i don't mean that in the southern way i mean that for real uh some other Accounts suggested that while the rendition was by no means, you know, Whitney Houston's version, it was still better than they expected. Right. One person said, not the worst I ever heard, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. That sums up my feelings about it, pretty much. Um, Another person said he did a thousand percent better than the entire planet expected him to be. Mm -hmm. Another one said he couldn't decide if Flav's attempt was the greatest thing he'd ever seen or the final death nail to America. All right. That's harsh. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Uh, and then somebody else, this is how I knew about the Marvin Gaye thing. One person tweeted, not exactly Marvin Gaye at the 83 All-Star Game. You're right, okay. it was 83. And he died shortly in thereafter. In 84. Yeah. 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 Huh. So And so I was like looking at Mark going, Marvin Gaye sang the National Anthem? <laughs> she was like, oh my God, I gotta look that up. I was very excited. <laughs> yeah, you were. And it was quite good. And he was and, quite and, handsome. Yes. And, and and they're right. It wasn't exactly the Marvin Gaye version, but it wasn't bad. No. I think but I, I think what he said, though, says a lot. You yeah. just can't be so afraid of what everybody else is going to think sure. that you don't do what you love. You got to do what you love. You know, one of my favorite versions, and I'm, I'm going to play the Whitney going into break. Okay. But one of my favorite versions other than that is simply having a full orchestra play it. You know what I mean? I love the well, instrumental version of it. I'll I will tell you my favorite version mm-hmm. of hands down mm-hmm. of the uh, national anthem. It was at a convention of choir students. Oh wow! And yeah. all of the students came out on their balconies, uh-huh. and they all sang oh, the national anthem. That would have been special, boy. Together. I wish you would have had a phone to record well, that. Well, they one. did. They, they did. did. I mean, there it. is a recording out okay. there of it and I'm telling you, how about that? It was incredible. Yeah. Um and 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 it was during a time when the national anthem was getting a lot of, you know, hate. Right. And I wonder all these I wonder what um Kaepernick, you know, would you would you have dealed with Marvin Gaye singing the national anthem? Yeah, you well. but I bet he wouldn't have. Mm-mm. Um yeah. yeah, but that's my that was my favorite one. Yeah, yeah, it was good, and it was um, it was at a the on the balcony of a hotel. Mm-hmm. It was great. Uh, Kentucky choir students here. Let's see, let's see if we can hear a little All bit right. of it. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that recorded well. Wow. 
see them all lined yeah, up there. Yeah. I'm going to put many, a link to this. Yeah, that's that goes up how many stories? Goodness uh-huh. gracious. Yeah, it was just beautiful. It was just a beautiful thing. I'll put it on our Facebook page. I just thought it was very cool. That's probably my favorite one. And I think it's just because it's kids doing it. Kentucky uh, choir students, all-state choir. They were at nationals. Okay. So, yeah, pretty sweet. Well, this is how they set it up when Whitney sang it at the Super Bowl. So take us into break. Super Bowl 1991 and one voice united us all. Seven hundred fifty million watching worldwide, but it was the end of that anthem that brought us to our feet. Forty-six degrees in Appomattox, forty-six in Amherst and Salem and Roanoke, forty-eight in Danville, forty-seven in Bedford, and forty-six in Lynchburg. They still, the National Weather Service still has a freeze warning up in all those areas, and it's almost fifty degrees. That's just silly. I don't really. It doesn't make any sense to me either. But, but here we are. Did your boy go out and hunt this morning? Oh yeah. Well, it was nice and cool. He's up in a tree, even as we speak. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Just uh, waiting for a chance. All right. Good deal. We'll see what happens. All right. A, uh, a Lynchburg Police Department said a man is in the hospital with critical injuries after he was hit by a car riding his bike. Uh, this happened on Sunday night. He was riding at the intersection of 12th and Kemper Streets and was hit by a car. They say they responded along with the fire department. It was around 1030. The driver of the car stayed at the scene of the crash and the incident is under investigation. You know. I see all these people, particularly on Timberlake Road, <laughs> right. that are riding bicycles, and they yeah, there's don't. no light, they, there's no reflective strip, mm-hmm. they're wearing dark clothes. Right. I mean, it just makes you wonder if that's what was going on, mm-hmm. and I'll bet it was. So, And I know that person feels horrible, but at least they stayed on the scene. We've had a lot of like hit-and-run stuff. Right. Oh, I know. Lately. So, there's that. How about the derailing of a train? Ooh. Happened in Dollywood. What? Yeah. Dolly- uh-uh. The Dollywood Express train derailed Sunday night around 8.30, according to park officials. What? The Tolly Express is a 110-ton coal-fired steam engine. That, that takes- used to be for Silver Drive City. Oh, okay. It when takes- I was a little girl. Oh, that's neat. Ride that one. Takes guests on a five-mile trip around the park and yep. through the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. All the passengers were evacuated. No injuries Reported a, a spokesman for Dollywood uh, told uh, you know that nobody was hurt. The train reportedly experienced a mechanical issue, obviously. Okay. And uh, the gentleman who was the spokesman, Wes Ramsey, said uh, he was unable to provide any more information at this time. 
So, Any word on when it's going to be back up it and running? said the train wouldn't be running on Monday. We'll see if they get it back up and running It's got to be ready by Christmas. That's a pretty big deal. Saying. It is a big deal because everybody wants to ride the train. Have you ever been around the engine when they fire that puppy up and yes. little drops of coal falling? I actually you? have, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. Speak, speak. What was that? That was a sorry train. I was going to say, it sounded like you stepped on a hound. <laughs> I wasn't really sure there for a minute. Uh <laughs> Speaker of the House Mike Johnson Pretty is an adjunct online government professor at the Helm School of Government at Liberty University. Didn't know that. Mm. According to LU, Johnson teaches two undergraduate online government courses, and he's taught online since 2019. LU's President Dondi Costin recently congratulated him on being elected 56th Speaker of the House in a Liberty News article. Uh, saying, on behalf of the Liberty University family, I extend congratulations to one of our own, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson. And the challenging days in which we live require robust, principled, centered leadership in every quarter, especially among our elected representatives in Washington. I'm praying for Speaker Johnson and his family as he leads with the conviction, compassion, and courage required for such a time as this. So not only is it Groovy Tuesday, right? not only is it Halloween, Right. But it's what, Janet? Special day. It's Ryan's birthday. He's put, seven. Put a little groovy montage together for you there, Ryan. Groovy, baby. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday wow. to you. Happy birthday Sorry, Ryan. To you. Come on, that's not bad. Really? Morning Jam. Oh, Twin spin. For Ryan. Spin. For Ryan. Spin. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. All right. All right. Only thing that was missing was the Beatles. Yeah, they say it's your birthday. What are you doing fun today, Ryan? I hope you do something really fun. And I hope you get a Twix bar when you go. Yeah, save half of it for Janet. No, I won't even take it. Okay. I won't even take it because I love you that much. I wouldn't take your. Wouldn't take your. I love you too, Twix but if you bar. get a Reese cup, I want to share it with you. <laughs> <laughs> See, Mark would take your Reese cup. I would not no, take I, your I, Twix. I, now wait a minute. I, I, you know what? Take is a strong word. Ryan is such a sweet child. Mm-hmm. I don't suspect we'd have to take anything from him. No, he probably offered. He would up, willingly, knowing that we loved it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, he's a Kit Kat kid. Apparently. Oh, Kit. Oh, okay. That Kit Kats are in my little things that I'm giving away to the little right. children. They're, okay. they're in there, okay. for sure. Uh, we also got some text about the national anthem. We yeah. were talking about, you know, the best yeah. national anthem we ever heard. I think Whitney's is just hard to beat, yeah. for sure. Um, Buzz texted in. It said, uh, hi, Janet Mark. My favorite national anthem, and one of the best, is by Huey Lewis and the News oh. at the 87 World Series. Check it out. Indeed, I will. Okay, 87 World Series. Try to stop me. I won't do it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm excited about that. Um, while not my favorite rendition, this is from Tim mm-hmm. of the national anthem. Right. This Madison Rising Rock version always gets me pumped up. Well, apparently y'all are very well, opinionated about Boston, the national anthem. I love it. The Boston group, you know, rock group from the '70s, did an amazing version. Jimi Hendrix did an amazing version of mm-hmm. the national anthem on their electric guitars and such. Leah says she prefers the national anthem sung in its entirety, not one verse. I think it takes away from it. Well, 
if I had to listen to Flavor Flav sing the entire oh, song, boy, I would, would hurt tough. myself. It would be so, tough. Yeah, she would inflict pain. On it's somebody. better. It's better for all to keep the short version. <laughs> you know, if you want to listen to the whole version, you have to listen to that at home because I don't know how long that is, but it's probably pretty long. Wouldn't you think? <laughs> probably. Yeah. You're on the morning jam. Good morning. Good morning, Janet. Mark. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. I'm loving the I'm loving the national anthem. Uh, but one of my favorites are actually three are, are when the Army and Navy game takes place and the Glee clubs from both of those uh, services gather and sing the national anthem. To yeah. me that has real heart and real meaning. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, and then the other one is, is Sandy Patty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Sandy Patty is an amazing singer. And, yeah, she's... And yes. And my favorite all-time person singing the national anthem, because she can do what Sandy Patty does, and that's my wife. Ah. I called that one. Can she sing <laughs> that high? Wow. She could. I don't know if she could do it now, but she could get up there. Yeah. Yeah, she um. can. Wow. Yeah, what she's saying is she said, I thought the top of my head was going to explode. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it, if you if you start up pretty high, it can end uh, up in the rafters, that's for sure. Yeah. So. She found out if she lifted her arm when she did it, it would help. Oh, right. interesting. Help get that breath up yeah. there. Yeah. Something to do with the diaphragm. Lift uh-huh. the diaphragm. That's okay. right. All right. That's Sounds exactly good. right. That's my, that's my two cents worth this morning. Well, thanks for sharing it. It's always welcome. We appreciate it, uh, Trucker Bob. Here, uh, just for, just for. ooh, wait a minute. Something's playing in the background. It's not supposed to be. Well, we can't have that. No, let's stop it right now. I just wanted to play this because this is uh, It's just one more way to say hi to uh, our little boy who is turning what today? Six or seven? Seven. Seven. Turning seven. Give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> break me off a piece of that applesauce. <laughs> Chrysler car. Football cream. Lumber top. Snickers oh. bar. Andy, Andy. Pull out the bandana. Hair for men. Boys and girls. Ultra sweet. Fancy feast. Break me off a piece of that fancy feast. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is, there as Jim said. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I'm sending you a Kit Kat through the microphone, Ryan. There you go. And I hope you have a marvelous birthday. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes, and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg, cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day and working hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill in check. Now, if you haven't gone for Throwback Thursdays, you really need to do that because they really cut those prices on Thursdays and you can save a lot of money. Mm. So be sure to check that out this week. Uh, today's recipe is comfort food is at its finest because those temperatures are going to be dropping off pretty right. cold. Yeah. Uh, this is a recipe for Salisbury steak meatballs and mashed potatoes. Okay. Can't go wrong with this one. You're going to start with a pound of uh, FNL ground beef. If you can't have ground beef, you can use their ground chicken or ground turkey because some of you can't have beef and that's okay. Uh, it's equally delicious with that. Uh, and I'll tell you how to make it taste more like your regular Salisbury steak here in just a minute. Uh, You're going to mix that together with some breadcrumbs, a fourth of a cup. Some people use panko. I use Italian. You use whatever it is that you 
would like to use. Uh, and then add in a little bit of ketchup, Worcestershire sauce, salt, ground black pepper, some grated garlic and onion, and uh, two tablespoons of olive oil. You're going to mix that together, and then you're going to just brown those meatballs up, or you can bake them. It's entirely up to you. Uh, and then you're going to make your mashed potatoes. And the key to this whole thing is the gravy. The gravy makes it. And if you make this gravy and put it on turkey meatballs or even the chicken meatballs, you're really going to get that, that flavor uh, from it. So you start with two tablespoons of butter and a large onion sliced and a little bit of garlic. And then you're going to dust that after you get it cooked down with two tablespoons of plain flour. And then you're going to add in a little bit of ketchup, a little bit of barbecue sauce, and a couple of cups of beef stock. Now, if you can't have the beef stock, you can use a vegetable stock, and it's still quite good. Uh, but the gravy is what's going to make this taste like that Salisbury steak you grew up with. It's a Salisbury steak meatball over mashed potatoes. You can find this recipe by going to Facebook. Type in Janet's Five and Dying. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes we share. Brought to you by FNL Market. They're on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg, and their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the Morning Jam with Janet and Mark on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. I come from a long line of Southern cooks, and one thing my mama always told me was ingredients matter. That's why I trust the experienced butchers at FNL Market, Lynchburg's only locally and family-owned independent grocery store. Their staff cuts and grinds fresh meats daily and will offer you the personal service you desire for everyday meals or special occasions. This week at FNL, save on family-packed fresh pork spare ribs, $2.48 a pound, family-packed bone chicken breast to 78 a pound frozen party wings are 9.99 for a five pound bag holton smash burgers are 9.99 for a two pound box and save on family pack ground beef 378 a pound sign up to be a vip savings club member text fl market to 833-605-1804 stop by fnl market today 2517 memorial avenue lynchburg their meat is a cut above The Morning Jam with Janet and Mark. Uh, I wish it was close to midnight. Mm -hmm. That means I would have consumed all my Reese cups by now. Right, exactly. (laughs) That's right. It is uh, 749 here on the Morning Jam. 866-916-3776 is the phone number to call. Text, of course, 434-248. 0704 covered a lot of ground today clowns covered yes. the clowns yes too yeah. many clowns too many clowns right somebody sent me a picture of the clowns in congress and they're literally <laughs> clowns in congress yeah i don't know how they pulled that one off i don't know either but it looks pretty authentic ai originated or or or, or yeah well, something i don't know yeah i don't know either we could use a couple ais up there maybe they'd stay more focused we could use a couple of pis up there <laughs> rockford you know, Colombo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get to the bottom of this nonsense. That's all we need Gosh, to do. so much nonsense. It, I think if we took all the different detectives, including Kojak and his lollipops, and everybody up there, I don't. I still don't know if we can unscramble this. I know. What's going on up there? Well, um, more information is coming out now um, from Idaho. 
the uh, Idaho judge has given quadruple murder suspect Brian Koberger's defense a minor victory last week. Really? They are denying their efforts to dismiss the indictment against him for the stabbing deaths of the four university students last year. Koberger, who is accused of killing Madison Mogan, Kaylee, uh, Zaina, and Ethan in an ambush in an off-campus rental hall, a home, is seeking specific details about how law enforcement used investigative genetic genealogy to thumb him as a suspect after he allegedly left a K-bar knife sheath with his DNA on it under Mogan's body. Mm-hmm. So we have long thought they were going to go after that because that's like the biggest connection for sure. Mm-hmm. In a 32-page order, Judge John Judge, Judge Judge, okay. Wow, that's interesting. Granted a request for an in-camera review of the IgG evidence. He will look at all of the IgG evidence in the possession of the prosecutor's office and the FBI and will determine what will be shared with the defense, what should be kept secret, and what will be redacted. A Boise-based defense attorney who previously represented cult mom murderer Lori Vallow told Fox News Digital, I have a huge issue with this. As a former prosecutor, I'm of the position that the prosecution's file should be absolutely open. In other words, none of the prosecution's evidence should be withheld. I didn't think you could withhold evidence. Anything should be fair game for defense. Maybe it's useful, maybe it's not, but that shouldn't be for the judge to decide. But that's his job. Well, I mean, they they withheld a lot of information, a lot of these January 6th people. Right. I mean, but that's the government. Mm -hmm. Prosecutors have argued that they shouldn't have to turn over the IgG evidence because they did not use it to obtain any warrants. And they allegedly confirmed a direct DNA match between Koberger and the knife sheath DNA with a cheek swab, according to court documents. I don't know how they're going to get out of that. Hmm. The state's argument that the IgG investigation is wholly irrelevant since it was not used to obtain warrants will not be used at trial is well supported, the judge wrote. Nonetheless, Koberger is entitled to view at least some of the information in preparing his defense, even if it may ultimately be irrelevant. I'm telling you, if this guy, if this guy gets off. Yeah, I mean, remember, did, isn't holy he? Holy cow. He's the one that studied to be a forensic. Oh, yes. So he uh, knows. Well, and, and he's the one that would ask questions about, uh, you know, true crime things. Right. And how would you go about hiding these? Or how would you mm-hmm. go about, I mean, yeah. So genealogy is the second most popular hobby in the United States, according to court documents. Second only to gardening. Um, They could not find polling or studies to support the claim, but it's been reiterated in popular culture that Ancestry.com sold for $1.6 billion, and both genealogy and the use of investigative genetic genealogy has increased notably. And I think we've all seen that, Mm -hmm. for sure. They did utilize someone who was a at the forefront of that industry and and there's this one lady you see her a lot in true crime where they'll just have a fraction of dna Mm -hmm. and she can take that and she can trace it to 
distant family members. Oh, okay. And has, in many cases, led to the actual murderer. Hmm. She's had a great deal of success with that. So, I don't know. Uh, A quote from a 2019 column written by University of Law Professor Tennille Brown, the hobby has been co-opted by law enforcement to solve cold cases by linking crime scene DNA and DNA of suspects' relatives, which is contained in the direct-to-consumer genetic database. That's what I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. She says she believes it's unlikely the court will find anything involving IgG that has violated his Fourth Amendment rights, but that because the field is relatively new, the defense may want to understand how that's the case. Well, they may want to build precedent here. Right. In some ways with the new sure. technology, because yeah. with new technology, we, we find out different answers. And jeez, mm-hmm. She said, think of it like a, an interview with a neighbor. They're getting caught up on the fact that it seems science fiction because it's DNA that was used as circumstantial evidence. But it's not actually that different from just other ways we figure out who committed a crime. Police typically would not have to hand over their note from every interview with a neighbor and prosecutors don't want to become the precedent by submitting the defense's request for IgG. Authorities also don't want to divulge the identities of unknown relatives. Okay, now I get it. Well, I mean, it's definitely more complicated than it used to be. Yeah. I mean, you think about the probably hundreds of thousands of people who have gotten away with murder. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't have that technology. Right. And not so very long ago. It almost... You know, I'm cynical here. I'm cynical because it seems in, to me that these high-profile cases. Yeah. Let's look at the guy down in what is it, South Carolina? Right. The 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 one whose grandfather's portrait was hanging in the in the courtroom, and they had to remove Murdoch. Murdoch. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't. I, I I followed that case the last day because it was breaking news, and I I knew it was going on, but I didn't pay a lot of attention. I did. I mean, that's going to get a revisit. <laughs> right. Apparently. Yeah. And it's almost like, why, why do we have to revisit these high-profile cases? What, what, it's just like, do we need more bad news in the news? I just want to play the hits. Shang, sa- <laughs> Shang <laughs> says, it's not the DNA that is the new technology. It's the fact that this was a personally used and personally purchased service, and you're protected by the Fifth Amendment from self-incrimination. Mm-hmm. So his providing the DNA for his own personal purposes is going to be the question of a breach of the Fifth Amendment on this situation. The other thing is, what was in the EULA or the contract that he agreed to when he did the service? So you're talking about the relative? Because they got Koberger's DNA directly. And again, they used it as circumstantial evidence. They didn't use it to get any mm. of the, mm-hmm. um, you know, warrants or anything like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know that that that's that's going to fly, but a lot, like you say, a lot of precedent is being set because we haven't been faced with these things right before. So, I mean, if you think about it, if we had like Jack the Ripper's right. DNA, we could probably trace that back to at least pretty close. That's just crazy. To even it is think crazy that that's to possible. think about that, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So. I don't know. I, I've never been comfortable with the whole idea of the 23andMe and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ancestry.com. Okay. I know a lot of people are fascinated with that stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just 
Not that I'm out murdering anybody or anything. Oh, let's hope I'm not. just saying, because I think they'll use that DNA in the future mm-hmm. to be like, well, you're pre- ge- genetically predisposed, predisposed to this. So, right. you know, you don't need any health care. We're just, you're just going to have to go ahead and die because right. it's not cost effective for us to try to hey. save you. That's, that's why I'm like not crazy about it. The story it. Uh, that's going on in Canada, if you're just depressed, they'll help put you down. Oh, yeah. I mean, no problem. That's just insane to think of that. We got you. But that's where the world is. I know. I got a post I'm getting ready to hit send. Uh-oh. I've been pondering this since 4.30 this morning. Oh, dear. And it's an article about Russia and the Daily Express now turning on Israel. Holy cow. And I'm thinking, people, that is prophecy. That is Gog and Magog coming down on, on Israel. Mm-hmm. I think we're, uh, we're, we're in the Watching fourth quarter, it. people. Unfor- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.